0: out there listening to BBS Radio. This is Blake Ruby, otherwise known as the Reverend Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show, Church of the Soul's Evolution. It's a beautiful day here in San Antonio, Texas. The sun is a lot higher up in the sky because we went forward one hour. I had a great week, and I've been working out some Aspects of my life, just like I think you are, it has to do with spirituality, everything, all aspects of our our lives, I think most people work on, you know, I I wonder sometimes if it's just me that's doing these things, I'm almost 68 years old, still working things out, you know, trying to determine the right way of doing everything, whether it's exercise, whether it's sleeping, Eating, public speaking, singing, all kinds of different aspects, details of my life. I'd like to share some of that with you. And also today, I'm going to do some singing
1: because
0: I have a solo tomorrow at church. So I'm trying to get ready. It's a song I've sang before, but it's kind of a difficult song. And I'll explain why in just a few seconds here. I was telling Don before my introduction that I'm eating some soup. Because I I just got up a little while ago. I had a nap going out this morning. It's a good soup. It's called Gardein. I don't know if you've heard of it. Gardein, G-A-R-D-E-I-N. They make uh, kind of Vegetarian meat, textured vegetable protein, I think it is, and they've just recently started making soup before it was frozen stuff like fake chicken, fake beef, fake pork, and good stuff. They also make a type of vegan jerky, too, which is really good, teriyaki-flavored. Anyway... This is like baked chicken soup. And their fake chicken, as I mentioned, is textured vegetable protein. And tastes almost like the real thing. I don't know how many of you out there are vegetarians slash vegans. But what if I was to say to you, I could, let's say you like steak like my wife does. If I could or someone else could provide you a steak, what looked like a steak, smelled like a steak, tasted like a steak, say with juice on top and sizzling mushrooms by the side. But I was to tell you that it wasn't a real steak. It was some kind of textured vegetable protein, but it was just like the real thing in every aspect. Would you eat it? Why not? You know? I don't judge people for being meat eaters. You know, my whole family is, my son is. Although he dabbled a little bit with vegetarianism, I used to eat everything up until age 44. I used to have two steaks a week, and they were tasty indeed, but a little bit hard to digest. And for me, I did some research on the subject of digesting food. And apparently, when you eat a lot of beef, especially if it's not cooked all the way through, it's difficult to digest and can stay in your, your factory, so to speak for a longer-than-usual time, if you know what I mean. So back then, just after my kidney transplant, and I donated one of my kidneys to my son. And then I I was back in 1995 when I was in the Army still. And I was 41 years old. I realized afterwards, it took me a few years before I became a vegetarian slash vegan, four years, to be precise, it was the 29th of March, the same day exactly, just a coincidence that I had the transplant surgery four years earlier, and that's when I became a vegetarian, a vegan, till the 29th of September, 1990. and. I noticed the system was a little bit compromised, shall we say, and understandably so, because, you know, when you lose a kidney, even though people say it is said that a human being can live perfectly well with just one kidney, but try it yourself and you'll see that it's not exactly so the person who said or the people who said that didn't actually experience it themselves. There's no better experience than to do it yourself to find out what it's like, you know? And from my research, other people have felt other people have donated kidneys or who have only one kidney said the same thing. They felt the need to practice a better kind of discipline when it came to ingesting the different types of food that we do into their bodies and observing they had observed and I observed that that it was uh, of the essence in order to function optimally that I should eat things that were easier to digest And so, really, for me, it was all about digestion. And I've been okay. I've had enough energy to do things. It's a matter of choice. Some people would never give up eating meat and dairy products and eggs. And that's okay with me. I figured the way I rationalize it is, you know, the the very science of vegetarianism or being a vegan is a relatively new one, although I'm sure throughout the history of the world, there have been people that have just by pure choice decided not to eat anything with meat or dairy products or eggs, animal protein, in other words. But for the most part, it grows a body, you know, from when you're a baby all the way up until you're uh, a 10-year-old age you know, and the body can function very well. Look at all the sports players, and, you know, they eat everything, most of
1: them, I think. And so the body can function well, I mean, good enough. And
0: there are some most people, I think, are stronger than I am or stronger than I have ever been. In the prime of my youth, I used to be run. Used to be able to run two miles under twelve minutes. I could run half marathons. Never ran a full marathon. And they say that people that live to be over one hundred years old, the majority of them are not vegetarians or vegans, and so doesn't matter. I mean, you really can't compare the two when, as far as when it comes to who lives longer. I mean, or maybe you can, although there's not a lot of research that's been done, or the research that has been done might not be that comprehensive, if you know what I mean. So, the statistics that exist right now, As unreliable as they probably are, say that the majority of people that live to be over 100 years old are not vegetarians, and actually, of, of that group of people, most of them drink and smoke. So how about that? That's what I learned, unless there's some new information out there. And... So I was saying that uh, God, the Creator, the Creator God, knew that man would be in need of having the required amounts of protein during his development here on this planet. His evolution is her evolution, where sometimes People just don't have any vegetables to eat, and so what else are they going to eat? You know, they're not going to starve to death. So animals are available. I mean, they eat each other. So, like a deer, for example. Or, uh, here on the um, in the American old days, the pioneers that that went west from the east. And even before then, you know, I'm just using the United States as an example. People, how they uh, existed back then in those days. They killed animals. They lived off the land. The Indians did too. You know the Native American Indians. Say. They uh, lived off of buffalo and deer and the fish and the streams, the rivers, the lakes, the oceans. And it was good. But there is an optimal diet, and one has to find it for oneself, you know. There are some people that have both kinds of lifestyles, vegetarian, and also, um, I forgot what they call it, um, omni-vegetarian, where you you uh, you're, sometimes you might go weeks being a vegetarian, then you have some meat. Whether it's chicken, beef, pork, fish. Anyway, see, I've been 23 years and I've been doing okay. Now, there's no long term research out there about what happens when someone adopts a vegetarian lifestyle or a vegan lifestyle. I mean, long term. Those statistics I was telling you about, people that be over 100 years old, well, I mean, back then, let's say maybe 50 years ago or more, back in the 50s, the 40s, 30s, usually people didn't get that, being a vegetarian, much thought. You know, everyone ate the same thing. It was like taking for granted. You know, this was the food you eat to to grow, you know, period. You don't think about anything else. there wasn't any vegetarian food back then, for the most part, That they sold, you know, like textured vegetable protein or tofu or tenpai. People didn't just eat only beans, you know. So that long-term research is going to take a few years, maybe um, in 20, 30, 40, 50 more years in the... um, The generations beyond the baby boomers, who are more kind of hip to the doing their own thing, you know, and not conforming themselves to doing things, then they'll have some more statistics, more information on if it's actually beneficial for a human body to more beneficial, I should say, for a human body to. Live a vegetarian lifestyle and avoid eating meat and, and dairy products and eggs, in other words, animal protein or plant, pro- you know, living a, a plant protein diet. And you know, you see it nowadays more than it was even 20 years ago, a lot more. They're advertising on television more products that contain plant protein. So. Well, about digestion, my friends, I think, for me, like I was saying, it's become more important for me to know that I can stay regular and not get constipated like I used to do before I became a vegetarian. And now it's very, very rare. In fact, I don't remember ever being constipated after I became a vegetarian, vegan. these are the hard things we have to talk about, right? Amongst ourselves. The truth. It's all about the truth, my friends. And having only one kidney, having donated one of my kidneys, I felt that besides other things, that I didn't want to be constipated sometimes. And it made sense to me right after I started that lifestyle and I saw how I was feeling and then I was digesting ample amounts of fiber and, and I was feeling more energetic, at least I thought it was, but in retrospect, I believe I had more raw power, if you will, when you ingest ample amounts of, sufficient amounts of meat for, for your food. Then the body is, um, it works kind of over time in a way, in a way, you know, it's harder to digest, but it also provides more energy, um, which is kind of a contradiction to what I said. But what I mean is, is, um, for example, I was in the army at the time and I used to run, as I mentioned, two miles in under 12 minutes on a routine basis. Anytime I ran. I did a six-minute mile relapse, and I also was doing push-ups and sit-ups, and right after my surgery, I started walking, and I didn't run for quite a while afterwards in my recovery process, but I had no desire, maybe also because when they did surgery back then, now they have more um, intrusive, less intrusive surgery where they can take the kidney out without leaving a huge scar from side to side. I have. And all the nerves were cut in my right lower abdominal area, and it took years for them to grow back. It took years for all those nerves to grow back, you know? And uh, I just didn't feel motivated to push my body to the limit I used to, you know, running... 10 miles or a half marathon. So to summarize, I would say that when you, the the way I felt when I used to eat meat, animal protein, that it made me, uh, I think it, I felt stronger, but I had uh, more energy when I became a vegetarian to do something, it's hard to really compare it. I don't think there's been any research done on that. You know? I don't think you can look that up on the internet. So that's kind of like a, an experiential, finding out for oneself thing, you know, self-experiencing it, you know what I mean? Anyway, so I've still got my soup I'm working at. It's pretty good. It's got noodles in it. It's got carrots. Are you eating enough salads? Salads are good. Salads will keep you regular,
1: you know. That's a good thing.
0: So like I was being, you know, a, a kidney transplant survivor, in other words, having donated one my kidneys and having only one kidney right now, digestion is important to me. That's why I adopted the vegetarian lifestyle without the ethical considerations. I wouldn't, wouldn't judge my fellow brothers and sisters out there, you know, who are co creator God's making. You have free will and are able to do what you want to do. My parents, they had everything up until the day they died and drank and smoked. So you can't tell people what to do, just like you can't tell me not to live a vegetarian lifestyle. You know what I mean? You have to find out for yourself what's right, and that's why we're here. We have free will. We can find our own way. You don't need other people to tell you what to do. You co-created God in making you. You are great. You are awesome. You know, we're born into this world, and we're big babies. You know, we're babies. We all were. I saw a baby at church last week, and I was saying, hi, baby. Beautiful little baby, and their eyes are so wide and innocent and, you know, very spiritual. Because I know that when babies are born, they, they come from that pre existence before we were born, and when we existed in the spirit. We just don't remember because we crossed over that, what they call the river of oblivion, It's a veil which blocks our remembering of our pre-existence and our past lives. That's the truth. That's the truth. That is the truth. And when you die, when we die, I say we, you and I, then we will go back to that existence. Make sense? Yes. You knew that. That's no... Revelation, I think, to you. So we're born into this world. We cross that river of oblivion. We're born as babies. Babies, they still have that in their minds, very fresh in their minds where they came from. That's why they look so pure and innocent. And then also they're in constant contact with angels who are guiding them, protecting them in the initial first, initial stages, in the first few years of their lives, you know, before they become more earth-bound in their thinking. Do you know what I mean? Angels are always there, helping out. That's part of the the pact, the agreement that we have with the Mother and Father God in Heaven. Babies, we were all babies, and I said that to that baby last week, hey, I was a baby one time. Everyone said, oh, she's so precious. Oh. It's such a beautiful baby. Don't forget that you were a baby once too, okay? Remember, you were a baby once also. And we're all... You put a whole bunch of babies together in the room, in a room, a maternity ward, whatever, in one place, right? Whether they're black or they're white or they're yellow, whether they're Asian, whether they're Native American Indian whether they're Egyptian, whether they're Russian, Ukrainian, Chinese, all babies, my friends, all babies are equal. Equal. We're all equal. Babies that are better than any other babies, that's the point I'm making. Think about that. Embrace it. Embrace that idea that we're all equal. Because even more than that, and you've heard it all before, this is nothing new to you. We're human beings on a planet. We should be like brothers and sisters in spirit. We are. Brothers and sisters, not in physical bodies, but in spirit. Brothers and sisters. That's why one day we will realize that it's completely insane to kill each other. Completely insane to kill each other. There's no good reason for it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just finishing the soup up here. And one day we'll look back upon peace time as relics of an insane past, not only having armies, but also a police force. Because in the future, it's, it would be incomprehensible that someone would try to steal your stuff or harm you in any way. Unfortunately, that's where we are in our evolution at this time. And evolution is a slow process, my friends. And we just have to go along for the
1: ride. And also,
0: pray. I was on a cruise recently. I think I told you I was gone for a couple of Saturdays. And it was a beautiful cruise. That's one thing I like about cruises, because being a vegetarian and vegan, mostly vegan, I can get enough food on a cruise ship because they have all kinds of different food items on the buffets. And when I go to the dining room, they usually have at least two vegetarian entrees on the menu. And it's great. That's probably the number one thing I like about cruises is I can get enough food for my vegetarian diet. It's about as as many, if not more, choices available for me than. Well, that's not true because I can go to the local grocery store, H E B, here in Texas, which is fantastic. They have enough money. Sure. (coughs) Get my water. Hold on, please. I'm back. I had to turn my my uh, stand station here that I'm talking at around because the the sun is setting and it is coming into my man cave back here, my closed patio.
1: But anyway, I was saying I was on this
0: cruise and there was this person, a lady. That's another thing, too, about cruises. You get to meet all kinds of people. I mean, there are sixty-six hundred people on board, and that wasn't even full capacity. It was 6,600 with full capacity. I mean, the full capacity of the ship is 6,600 passengers, not to mention the crew members. So if you haven't taken the cruise before, when you do, you'll see that you're walking by lots of people all the time, everywhere. Everyone's having a good time. So it's kind of, cool. in fact, usually the first, especially the first few days, you know, you're, you're on your vacation, you're, you're already washed out from the home port, you're out in the open sea, you're just unhappy, you feeling relaxed. Now, there's a lot of people drinking, too, you know, so you got to watch out for that. Me, I don't drink. My wife didn't drink last time. It's a choice, but, you know, that's one of the main things ways that they make their money, besides selling the cruise and the, the room, the cabin, I mean, and the port fees and the taxes and the insurance and maybe airfare if you need it. The main, the other main money moneymaker, if not the, the, the most they make the profit from, is certainly alcohol. So you'll see a lot of drinking on cruise ships. And, I, again, I don't judge people for drinking. I used to. And even if I hadn't drunk anything, I I realized that judging people, they oh, all have free will. Anyway, so there was this person, a lady, walking around seeing all these people. She had her shirt that prayed like hell. That's what we need to do, my friends, right now during these times. Because... The situation is a very delicate situation in this world today. We get to conflicts with other countries, you know, because it's, it's, a, it's a testy kind of situation. We don't, we don't want to kill. We don't, have, we don't want anyone to be killed in war, you know. I, was, I saw on television today like 867 civilians have been killed over there in the Ukraine, and of them, uh, 64 were children. <laughs> children. Children who don't know better, who are innocent, who don't have any fight with anybody. Why do you want to kill them for? These Ukrainians, they're actually former Russian, Soviet Union, USSR, Ancestor people, you know, you know what I mean. It's like they're killing their brothers and sisters, all because they don't want Ukraine to become a NATO member, because they don't want NATO building up on their borders. Russia doesn't want that, and that's understandable. And NATO really was something that was created because of the Cold War. But Now they say Putin is. Not want, or not want NATO on its borders, but I think he he's uh, sad and upset how the, so the former Soviet Union broke up into all these different states. You know, and they were once all together, being governed by one. Single entity, if you will, you know the, the Russian government was in charge, and I think Mr. Putin misses that. Oh, that The breakup happened. The breakup happened, and I believe he has aspirations to try to bring him back into the fold. Maybe not much more that than, or let me rephrase that: that might be secondary to. I think the main reason, which is to make sure you NATO know, doesn't build up on this borders, because then, then they feel like uh, they're exerting a kind of pressure on them to, to conform with the Western way of thinking. You know, we're kind of pushing our ideology on them, if you will. It's wrong. They have a right to do what they want to do. As long as they do it peacefully, you know. And then you have the politics. Oh, the politics! Our founding fathers had it right a government that was run for the people. That the welfare of the people would be the primary consideration. Instead of the competition between the two political parties, they had no intention for what has become today—the norm, the standard in our politics, where you have fighting between the two political, two big political parties—and they just completely ignored the welfare of the people. So they—and I've said this before—they're in violation of the Constitution. That's obvious, blatantly obvious. Yet it goes, and no one objects. No one. right now, if you want to talk about the Constitution and being in accordance with what the Constitution said said, and what they did and the whole vision they had of the United States, then you will hold all politicians to the standard of upkeeping the Constitution and what the founding fathers wanted, and that was for we the people to be governed effectively and we could be governed effectively if there's a competition going on between two parties and they're not doing the right thing. They're not doing the right thing. The welfare of the people is being ignored and overlooked because they are fighting between themselves and are not doing what's right for our country, for the people. Now, in all fairness, they are doing some things right, but most things they're not. So, I think we need a, a major revamping of our political system, and it's up to the people when they vote I'm not saying which party to vote for. Just do the research yourself. I'm more of a people person myself, you know. I like the person. I don't like the party. I can vote Republican or Democrat. I'm not a lifelong, just like my parents were before me and my grandparents and all the way back my family tree uh, throughout um, as far back as it goes over thousands of years voting conservative, Republican, or liberal Democrat, you know. I'm not that way. I like person. And I like Hillary Clinton. I would have voted. Did I vote for her? Yeah, I voted for her. Over this last election, I, I preferred Mr. Trump over Mr. Biden. I, I voted for Mr. Obama. I liked him more than Mr. McCain. Uh, I, I chose uh, Al Gore instead of George W. Bush. voted for President Clinton instead of uh, George H. Or H.W. Bush. I I voted for Mr. Reagan rather than um, who was it that ran against him back then in the eighties, Mr. Dole. And um, I forgot his name, Michael, somebody. Anyway, the point is I'm a people person. I vote for the person. I don't vote for the party. I think Americans need to do that too. That would be my suggestion, my friends, for you. Don't be swayed by a different party. Well, then that opens up a whole new can of worms, you know, because you've got the Republicans are anti-abortion, and then the Democrats are pro-global warming, you know, for climate change. Two really major issues there in conflict. I mean, they, they should both be on the same sheet of music, you know? And what do I feel about abortion? I think it should be left up to the woman, you know, to choose and not have the government choose for them, but... And I've said this before in other shows, a woman needs to make an informed decision when it comes to having an abortion, because I just, based on what I've learned, you know, and this is my show about spirituality, be forewarned that when you end up like that baby, that that spirit, the baby, the spirit that's inside that baby, that's like you have a spirit inside your body, is going to go back to heaven and exist there in a very disappointed kind of state, whereas they thought they were going to be born into this world and, and live a life just like you and I are living. But instead, that decision was changed, turned around, and now they're in heaven, they're in there, and the mother and father are going to meet them when they transition to the spirit lands or in heaven, and they'll see that. That child, and, and children grow up, too, in heaven, you know. From what I've learned from people that have been to heaven, there are children in heaven, and they're raised just like they are here on earth. So miscarriage, just like abortions. If a, a mother has a miscarriage, say it may be four months or five months into the pregnancy, they will see that child later on when they get to heaven, guaranteed. Guaranteed. My by You can if you're okay with that, you know, consider that. Now the spirit comes into a baby could be any time during the nine month pregnancy. But typically from what I've learned, yes, there's a lot of research out there on the internet about this, believe it or not. Typically it's around age four to five months, but a spirit can come into a baby just after the heart starts beating, or right towards the later stages of pregnancy, just before the baby's about to be born. Isn't that something? I learned that. So women also need to be well-informed. That's what I would suggest. I'm not going to tell anybody to do anything. These are just my opinions, you know. I respect women. I know that they are not given the respect that they deserve being co-creators with God, Having a baby grow inside their bodies is a miracle in and of itself, and it's not recognized enough throughout the world. We need more female leadership. I will vote for a woman president this next election. I think that's important. I voted for Hillary, and it wasn't meant to be. But we need a woman president here in the United States, just like they had a female prime minister in England, Margaret Thatcher. We need to, just like we voted in a, a black man to be president because, among other things, among other things, it was only fair to have a black person be president after everything that the black people had been through in the past with slavery, etc., which was just an abomination, you know, back then. People have been enslaved on earth here throughout the centuries. The Jewish people were enslaved by the Egyptians Before them, you know, enslaving people is a sign of lower evolutionary stages in a planet's growth and development, you know, or during a planet's growth and development, uh, enslaving people or slavery is a sign that usually happens in the lower evolutionary stages. You know what I mean? And then when there's not a lot of technology, not a lot of money, you know, people are enslaved. It's that simple, really. It's unfortunate, very sad, but it happens. And you see where we are now today. We're kind of now recognizing that more and more as each day goes by. Even as early as back in the 60s, they had the civil rights riots. I mean, oh, over 100 years after slavery ended with the Emancipation Proclamation, and 100 years later, then people are The white people here were abusing black people all over, especially in the lower southern states, you know. Just um, unacceptable, but understandable as a abolition. Now, I think most people recognize that we're all equal. Imagine that, right? Babies are equal. Therefore, we're all equal. Agreed. Babies are equal. Every baby, whatever type of baby you've got, their baby. Yes. It doesn't matter if the family has a lot of money, if they're millionaires, billionaires. That baby is no better than the baby of a, a poor person living in, in poverty in some neighborhood somewhere, you know, in another country. You know, where there's a lot of poverty, people dying of starvation. It's just sad, you know? And those people, you know, they could survive. That's one one thing, too, just to be honest with you and truthful. I think that those people that are poor and dying of starvation, we can help just by giving them basic substance to eat, you know, basic food, like um, rice and beans. We, could, we have the capacity, we have the capability to feed everybody here on earth. But as you know, there's a lot of greed going on, right? A lot of greed, People, they have a lot, they want more, and and some people suffer. But welcome to planet Earth, you know, suffering is a way of growing, believe it or not, in our spirits. Although, as Buddha once said, the object of living our lives here on Earth is to avoid suffering. It will happen, inevitably, but the object is to find a pain-free and suffering-free way and try to avoid pain and suffering. In other words, same thing. You know what I mean? And Buddha, I recognize Buddha as a great being. You'll probably meet him when you get to heaven. When we get to heaven, we'll meet all kinds of fantastic people from our past who existed throughout the from different cultures, all there in heaven. There's only one Mother and Father God for our solar system. We're born in the solar system, my friends. There are other solar systems out there. The sun, world, This the spirit world, world of fire. You know, how often have you thought of that? How often have you thought of that? There's a fire in the sky over there. A fire in the sky. Doesn't that seem a little bit strange to you? And that fire is a very... Not fire. It's a nuclear fire, where six million tons of hydrogen are converted into helium every second. It's not the kind of fire that, like, when you take a match and you light a lot of match. Similar, but it's white energy. That light energy is providing heat and light for our solar system and our planet. And one of those green zones, you know, it's revolving around the the sun in just that right area where we get ample amounts of sunlight each day for photosynthesis, and it helps sustain the plant and animal life and our life, our lives as human beings on this planet. It's in a perfect place, in other words, my friends. And that sun is more than just a provider of heat and light; also, the spirit world, because your spirit and your body are made of light energy. Did you? Billions of electrons. When your spirit pops out of your body when you die, pop out of your body. It pops out of your body. It can be pulled out by angels. It can be pulled out by deceased relatives. You can just exit your body through the top of your head or out through your chest. And it's all there in my book, Grey Brain and the Golden Soul, in the Amazon Kindle bookstore if you're interested. 80 pages of pure spirituality that will knock your socks off. I guarantee it. That's just one thing of a, a hundred thousand Talk about because why? I was blessed. My mother sent me on that path of spirituality, my friends. You know, that's what I'm talking about. That's what's happening. Yes. Gray brain and the golden soul. Did you not know? That your soul is the brain of your spirit, so your brain is the controlling center of your physical body, and your soul is when your body ceases to exist, and your spirit pops out of your body, pops out of your body, and looks back then on your physical body. Don't be frightened now. This is reality. The truth. There's a war going on. People dying. Forty. We're dying every day. It should be no big surprise. You can handle it. And some people say, oh, please, I don't want to listen to that. And I said, at, at work, you know, we don't talk about those things. And the church is like, I mean, you can rarely talk about even heaven a lot. You might talk about the miracles of Jesus or... You know some of the the miracles that were performed that were performed in the past with Moses. You know it just it just shows me really where people are in their evolutionary status. You know what their evolutionary status is, and I can see that there's, there's a lot of young souls around. You know, and that's not a bad thing. It's just it just means that the older souls have more lives, past lives under their belt. You know, it's like a school. This is the university of the universe. And you live a life on a planet. It could be a long life. It could be a short life. You have an expiration date that comes, and you transition to the spirit land. So when you don't have your five physical senses, then you're going to gravitate towards where there is a light in the source. What do you think that light is? Yes, the sun. But it's usually too bright to look at, which tells you, might tell you something right there, you know? And that song by Sting. Okay, here comes. Here comes the song for you. Killed the Gold by Sting.
1: You remember me when the west wind moves. Upon the fields of barley, you forget the sun in his jealous sky when we walked in fields of gold. So she took her love. Upon the fields of barley, in his arms she fell as her head came down. Upon the fields of gold. See the west wind move. Like a lover's soul. Upon the fields of barley. We'll forget the sun. In a jealous sky. When we lie in fields of gold.
0: And then I think... um, you know what? I, I skipped a verse. Was the, actually the fourth verse is. I'm trying to remember. It's a lot easier to remember when you have the music to sing to, you know. And I've noticed that as an accomplished singer, that's the truth.
1: But then again,
0: a cappella singing has its virtues too. But then it goes into um. Let's see, in his arm she fell as her hair came down. I can't remember right now. But then it goes, um,
1: I never made promises lightly And there have been some that are broken But I swear to you in the days still left We'll walk in fields of gold We'll walk in fields of gold And then the last verse is,
0: last verse is
1: Many years have passed since those summer days among the fields of barley. See the children run as the sun goes down among the fields of gold. You remember me when the west wind moves on the fields of barley. You can tell the sun in his jealous chat. When we walked in fields of gold. When we walked in fields of gold. When we walked in fields of gold. So, Sting, fields of gold. My point is,
0: and that's another thing too, fields of gold. Is possibly talking about heaven? Maybe not, but... What well, I? I sang that song. I think to emphasize uh, the sun is in this jealous guy. We don't give too much thought about the sun. There was a civilization here on Earth once in a time that used to worship the sun. I mean, it's the giver of all life, right? Plant, animal, human life on Earth. You have to admit that. Without the sun, we wouldn't exist. Yet people ignore it. Probably because they, they know deep down in their core being that the sun has more to it than just providing light and heat. It also, provide, it also provides the energy to revolve the planets around itself and rotate them on its axis. But more importantly, it's the matrix of the solar system and the spirit world. And on the spirit world, you have a mother and father spirit otherwise known as Mother and Father God. And for those of you that only believe in a Father God when you get to heaven, and hopefully you will right away, of later on, if you know what I mean, then you won't be looking around and say, am I a motherless child here in heaven? I don't have a mother in heaven. Oh, I've got a biological mother. She's in heaven, but don't I have a mother creator? Well, you too, my friends, surprise, surprise, the very fact that most people don't believe in a mother God as a sign of being in the lower evolutionary stages of your development as a soul, on your soul's journey. Once you are a more advanced soul, then you recognize, not only with your intelligence, but with your your soul, your inner being, your spirit, that there has to be a Mother God, because Father God, not only does Father God want a female companion by his side, and doesn't want anyone to dictate to him what or what he cannot have, but also we are the children of the Mother and Father God, and Jesus said so himself when he said, Our Father who taught us how to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, that's a no-brainer. That solves everything right there but people just goes over their head they don't remember that we are the children of a mother and father god you can't have children hello this is the universe we live in it's the male the female the alpha the omega the yin and the yang the positive the negative this is a, a universe of males and females The supreme creator, the creator God of the universe is both male and female. Surprise, surprise. Angels are both male and female androgynous. Yeah. Therefore, my friends, logically, based on everything that I've just said, there is a mother God and the son is heaven. And the devil, and I've said I know I've talked about this many times before, for those who have listened to my show before in the past, but for anyone who's new, well, this might be a surprise. And I don't like to burst people's bubbles because they, they are where they are in their development. And for me, religion is like a stepping stone because I was there one day at one time in the past. I'm 68, almost 68 years old now. My mother, she was an advanced soul, in my opinion, and she put me on that path. Religion is a money-making business. They're not really concerned about the truth so much as making money and having power over the people. Am I right or am I right? Yet, it just goes over the heads of some people. Spirituality is where it's at. We're here to develop spiritually. That's the only reason we're here on earth. And to learn from the darkness. God has provided to the creator. I've got one minute, my friends. I was going to say, you know, we have half a day of night, darkness, and half a day of light. Anyway, so my prayer is for the creator of the universe, to bless us all, everybody. Creator, you can make it happen. You can deliver us. You said that you would. Please help stop war. Not only this war in Ukraine, but all future wars, because we really want peace, God. We want to raise our children in a peaceful environment, future for future generations to come, please help us create, Lord. From the bottom of my heart, I pray this, and humbly I ask that it be so that could be your will. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you next week. I love you. Bye-bye.